0: in the name of the living god and the christ who has appeared to us amen this is a really dangerous day to celebrate it is dangerous for a couple of reasons in the first place the commemoration of saint valentine has been the it's become anyway the quintessential hallmark holiday it's the super bowl of love So much so that I can't even watch TV with my wife without one of those amazingly romantic commercials reminding me of what a schmuck I am. Because I haven't bought that perfect present and given it to her at that perfect time with just those right words. I'm still here and always will be. (laughs) Blah! It's also dangerous because the historicity of St. Valentine himself is highly questionable. There appears to be at least three Valentines whose commemorations have been conflated onto February 14th in the Western Church. Uh, One of these chaps seems maybe to have befriended young Roman Christians who were apparently prohibited from marrying. He's supposed to have sort of matched them up and married them in secret and then had been martyred for his work, but also for his confession of Christ, all of which is sketchy at best. It is also dangerous because of the reading we had for this morning, 1 Corinthians 13, which has become, let us say, overused. It's been described as perhaps the most beautiful and elegant passage in all of Scripture and maybe the most beautiful words ever translated into English. And this is why so many, many, many couples choose it for their wedding. It also appears at least at first glance on the surface to be one of the least offensive parts of the Bible, which also might have something to do with why it shows up so often at weddings. After all, who can argue with these words? Can you? If I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If you're studying to be a preacher, pay attention because you're going to be asked to preach on this text a lot. But the reality is that the book of Corinthians is actually a little bit more like real life and real families and real marriages and real communities like this one because there are a whole lot of difficulties and challenges and problems which lead up to this passage and which make these beautiful words possible but also dangerous. You see, St. Paul wrote to a group of early Christians who had experienced and were experiencing the full range of conflicts that you find in interpersonal relationships, in communities, in the church, in families. You name it, the Corinthians fought about it. They fought about money, leadership, worship, they had problems with doctrine, practice, and authority. They quarreled about the important things, and then they also quarreled about the things that really don't matter. They even thought about fighting, the best way with trying to deal with conflicts. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Anybody's lives or church relate at all? perhaps that's why Corinthians 13 is initially beautifully and inspi- beautiful and inspiring, but on second glance, it is also challenging and convicting. We know that love is the way it should be. We cannot deny that God's word is right and that his ways are righteous and that this is the most perfect way. And our world knows this, too if only as a distant dream or a memory of that law of God written on the heart. So how daunting it is, the most perfect way. The Greek is the same word that we use for hyperbole, the most excellent, the highest, best way. It was also a word used before the writing of the New Testament in the ancient world, to describe the best way over a treacherous and intimidating mountain peak. I will show you the most perfect way, that best mountain pass over. The greatest of these is love. Brothers and sisters, there have been and will be intimidating Mountain peaks in our way, mountains in the church, yes, mountains at the Sem, yes, mountains you might have to climb alone, even. I don't need to tell you this. You know what they are. They are, in fact, the mountains of sin, which we pile up between each other and before God. And, of course, the answer is love. But it is not good enough just to say love. You can hear that on any Valentine's Day commercial. The Apostle Paul is able to write some of the most beautiful and elegant and dangerous words ever written because he knows that mountain pass. Not a concept, not an ideal, not a clever phrase on the radio, but a person. The love became alive in Jesus, the Messiah. The Son of God also had a great mountain that he had declined, the mountain called Calvary, and he had a cross waiting for him, a cross that was draped in our sin and shame. And he also knew that love was the only way past it. A love for all of us here and for all people of all time, a love which is so far beyond anything in this world, beyond anything that we can point to in our earthly experiences. All of these beautiful words in Corinthians 13 are only a dim, cloudy reflection of what it will be in all of its fullness, if you can imagine when we see him face to face. It is this love of God in Christ, powerful beyond measure, dangerously penetrating, untouchable with earthly hands, almost unknowable and unspeakable, which is poured down from the cross upon us and which binds us together, which reconciles us to the Father and reflects off of us, even as the moon reflects the rays of the sun, the most perfect way. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.